Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. On the way, uh, on, on a little bit after 10 o'clock, Brandon Fay, he's 17, he's from North Strand, and he, he overcame the coronavirus. He, it was seven days in intensive care and self-isolation in the Matter Hospital because he got sick, and, you know, it's not often you hear of uh, those people, young people, getting affected with it, but he overcame it, and he's going to chat to us about uh, what his experience was like, and a little bit later on as well, we're going over to the United States, you're going to hear from a guy who's building a device that will attach to your phone, you'll be able to breathe on your phone, and then your phone will be able to tell you, look at this, you do or do not have the coronavirus and will be able to tell you within a minute. Crazy, crazy uh, effective and crazy piece of technology and fingers crossed that'll, you know, come online sooner rather than later. Might help get us back to normal a little bit quicker than usual. But uh, now, Sisha, the question that we asked this evening was... The question was, studies show being nice makes women appear more what? Makes women appear more what? Have a guess and let us know what you think. This is real. Do you know what? I got a message in from Michelle. And it's very negative. <laughs> so we love the negativity here. It's brilliant. Enjoy the misery. That's what I say. Did a negative, negative uh, uh, reaction to this. Studies show being nice makes women appear more fake. Oh, uh, we, seriously, we have had a lot of messages that, that have sent that in as well. Really? Oh, I think sometimes, especially if they're like, nah, oh yeah, no, that's lovely, yeah. And you're like, oh, you, you do not sound genuine yeah. or authentic at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess I know what you mean, but... I'd agree with Michelle. I think Michelle, nail on the head. It's not pretending to be nice. It's being nice. Studies show ah. being nice yeah. makes women appear more what? That's the bigger question, though. Can women be nice? <laughs> Shut up. Is it possible? Who Look, knows? I am evident. I am very nice. I am <laughs> right. nice. Nice I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Listen, let us know what you think it is. 87 Good evening, Polly. How are you? Good evening. Hi, how are you? What's I the love story? Your name. You, I uh, love the name Polly. I know, Polly's a great name, so yeah. So cool, yeah. Polly, Polly, are you there? Is Polly short for oh, anything? Yes, yes, I'm here, I'm here. Uh, well, my name is Paula, but um, my dad um, always called me Polly as a pet name when I was growing up, so, um, so yeah. Just Very stuck. stuck. Mm-hmm, yeah. Happy days. Uh, what are you uh, up to this evening? I'm in work at the moment. I'm just moving buildings. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm in work till 2am. Oh, oh are, 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 we allowed, are we allowed to ask what yeah. you do? I, I work for a ferry company in Dublin Port. Oh, you're oh. literally next door to us if we were in the office. We're, we, we're right there beside the uh, 
three arena and uh, no okay. one is in the studio. Yeah, so we're, yeah. that's where we usually are. I'm currently in my front room and Saoirse is currently in hers. Now, Very would nice. you usually be working until 2 a.m.? Uh, well, it depends on what shift pattern I'm on. But, um, yeah, we do that. Yeah. God, that's tough going now, isn't it? What time well, do you start? Well, we would start at 3.15 in the afternoon. So on the opposite side of that, I would start at like 4.30 a.m., you know, and finish at 3. Uh, oh, that's tough. It's lesser of evils, you know. I don't know which I'd prefer. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I know, exa- I know like exactly what, what you mean. Like, what I prefer to be um, uh, okay, well, on a very what do you early think shift the or a late shift. I'm not really a morning person or an evening person. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so... Do we have Cormac? Is Cormac there? Oh, yeah, no, no, I just dropped it. I dropped on your ear, but uh, you I, 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 I can oh, hear you now. Um, sorry about that. Um, sorry about that, Polly. And we're, we're getting your whole uh, life yes. story at the moment. This is great. Um, what do you think the um, answer to the question was? Uh, being nice makes women appear more what? Flirty, I think of it. Oh, Ooh. yes. What do you think? Would you say I'm flirty, Cormac? Uh, would I say you're flirty? Do you want me to answer this live on the air now, Saoirse? Or? <laughs> yeah, do. I'm intrigued. Well, I say Not with you, obviously, but do you think I am with other people? Uh, I think you can be when you want to be, yeah. Yeah, you probably can. Yeah. Not denying it. I don't think it's a bad thing. No, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it can fall into the bracket of being nice, can't it? Yeah, I suppose. I'm touchy-feely as well. I like a good hug <laughs> and I like... You know, I like being... I was going to say inappropriate. I'm not inappropriate with people. But like, <laughs> that, do, do not end that sentence with, with, with no. that word as well after you said, I'm touchy-feely and inappropriate. <laughs> it's not the 90s anymore, Saoirse. You don't get away no, with that stuff in the office. I'm not touching anyone inappropriately, obviously, <laughs> but I am very touchy-feely. Like if someone was there standing beside me, I'll touch their arm or something. Is that I know, you're a hugger. That's the yeah, thing. I'm a hugger. I'm yeah, in yeah. no way, in no way a hugger at all. Um, so, Polly, mm. listen, if you are flirting with someone, is that what you go to? Or you get a bit nice and are like, hey... No, no, not at all. Well, I don't, um, I don't know, I'm intending to flirt with them. Um, you might be nice to someone and they just get, seem to get the wrong idea, you know, so. Yeah. That does happen, though. And then it's another yeah. door yeah. issue. It, it, you know, yeah. It's nice. <laughs> Is that why you're nice moving office, Polly? Do you have to move because of the weird guy in the office <laughs> where you're like, hey, listen. <laughs> I was just being nice. I was just being nice. No, my, my, the building I'm in closes, so um, I have to move to a different office. Oh, Grant, Grant. It wasn't like you made someone cry and declare their love for you at the Christmas party uh, this year. (laughs) And now you're like, seriously, Barry, I cannot deal with this. (laughs) You're married. I'm married. (laughs) Why are they always called Barry? (laughs) The Barrys have a tough time emotionally, right? They just just had a tough time. Right, so her answer was... um, um, Flirty. seem, Seem more flirty. Is that the correct answer? Very close, but it's not the right answer. Ah, for God's sake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Polly. It's close, though. And I definitely think that it's true. Um, But it's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. That's okay. Listen, uh, Polly, you send us in an old address and we'll get some beer mats sent out to you, all right? Sounds good. Any beer now? We're working on the Room 104 beer. (laughs) Yeah. We'll try and get a beer made. And if we can do that, like, I'd love to. My goal in life is to bring out a beer called Responsibly. And then every time we'd have to say, always drink responsibly, we're giving ourselves free advertising. But that's that's a little bit down the line. But uh, listen, Mm -hmm. Polly, we'll send those out here. Send us in an old address. We can sort that out. And uh, listen, thanks for getting in touch. Enjoy the rest of your shift. Cheers, thanking you. Bye-bye. 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 Yeah, so it's not yeah. flirty. Okay, uh, a lot of people said things along the same thing of uh, mean. 
Yeah, how <laughs> mean Look at this one? Mean Shane, what's the story? Shane, Shane, Shane. Uh, is it desperate? And it makes women appear more desperate if they're nice. Um, like do you mean like a walkover? See, that's one of the first things that came to to my head. I think sometimes women can be too nice, and then they might be seen as being an easy target. Or yeah, a walkover. Yeah, I have come across people like that. I wouldn't say I'm like that. I think I'm nice to a point. I can also be very not nice if someone's not nice to me. But, mm. uh, yeah, I know what you mean. There are people that can be too nice and it can be a negative thing. So, yeah, maybe too too needy or too too eager would be a good one. Yeah, no, it's not that answer, though. Unfortunately. All right, listen, Shane, not a bad one. I know. Sorry, Shane. Sorry about that. Kian, uh, good evening. What's the story? Hi, guys. I'd hazard a guess. Women appear more trustworthy when they're nicer and oh. men not so much. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Why is that man being nice? Because he's evil. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, like, do you know what? If you came across somebody and they started randomly talking to you on a bus or something and they were going to pickpocket you, but they were talking to you and they were being nice, you would assume that they're trustworthy, wouldn't mm. you? They could rob you blind, but you'd be like, oh, but they took time to be nice to me. <laughs> they weren't being sketchy. So, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but um, it's not the answer. Yeah, so a lot of it is, is centering around answers about being more flirty, about being meaner, about being more bossy. If you're, if you're, ni- if you're nicer, are you easier to talk to? That comes in from Jesse. Even Jesse has you. Um, I mean, I guess the other picture here. What do all of those things, all of those positive things that you're saying, what do they uh, equate to if you're talking about maybe a man talking about a woman? He's talking about her being really nice. What would he find her more? Boring. <laughs> Never. Someone who's nice can't be boring. Oh, they could be boring, but you know. Mm. The chances are they're not. Would that not be like... I know it's obviously nice to be nice, but one of the worst things to be described as... He's nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why it doesn't apply to men. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be nice if you're a man. It doesn't work. You're just an a-hole. William has said, is it uh, women who are nice appear more intelligent? Is that it? Ooh, uh, that's interesting. I don't think necessarily that makes sense, but um, it's a good guess. No, it's not the right answer. More intelligent. Yeah, I'd say I'm a very intelligent woman. <laughs> uh, Sean also said seems more fake. Uh, does it make, Jacinta said, does it make uh, women who are nice to seem more, more lovable? Oh, that's close. That is getting closer. More lovable. It's not lovable, but it's not far away. Okay. A lot of people are now saying the same thing. Which and I'm going to presume... It's probably is the right answer. Correct and right. I want to see who said it, sent it in. Uh, Isabel, who's currently. Isabel, are you currently in the United States of America listening in? She sent on an wow. American number. So, hello, what part of the States are you in? What's it like over there? Is it chaos or is it actually fine? Um, uh, okay. Kev has said it. Uh, who else? Now, Niall has guessed it right as well. He's just sent me a message saying the same thing. Okay, so I'm, I'm so going to presume that all these... I think this is uh, what they're saying. So can you uh, put us out of our misery now? The answer to the question is when a woman is nice, she appears more what? 
she appears more attractive. Hallelujah. Yay! Did they all get it right? Yeah, yeah. Good, fantastic. Yeah, apparently um, being nice makes a woman appear more attractive. So if you find somebody that you would say, no, she, she wouldn't be my type, and then you get talking to her, the chances are you'll change your tune slightly and go, eh, yeah, she, no, she's not that bad. Yeah, don't believe this, Isha. I don't buy it. Well, it doesn't work the other way around, so you better buy it. What do you mean? So Stay if mean. a guy is nice... Well, this is kind of the stereotype is nearly proving to be true, isn't it? Because girls hate nice guys. Well, I think that's that's true, really, underneath it all. Um, being a nice guy does not make you appear more attractive. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. To a woman. Yeah. You know? And then I you just give I, out about I mean, uh, yeah. You're not being nice. Yeah. yeah, I think you see. I think women enjoy the the roller coaster of emotions, because then oh, we do. We love a it. nice guy who never does anything too good or too bad. He's nice, you know. You can never go back to your girlfriends in tears and have a whole night talking about how much of an a hole he is. But, you know, but you can never have that moment of bonding. I have heard, and I have been in conversations with friends where they might have met some, and the outcome was oh, he's just too nice, <laughs> and they say it like that. He's just too nice. Which means that you're not getting any kind of you know those those people that just agree with everything you say. They don't no. challenge you on anything and they just go, Yeah, no, whatever you want, that's fine. Like that's just boring. You can't have that. So that's too nice. Need a bit of friction. Cause a bit of yeah, passion. You, you, need, a bit of heat. you need someone that has their own opinions, you know? And yeah, that will so, not be afraid to air them. There you go. Um that's the if you if you're finding yourself or women are taking the piss out of you, just, you know, become a bit of a knob. No, hang on a second. No, don't. Sleep okay? with their so sister. Men out there, sleep with all be of their friends. Sound. No, 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 no. So this is what we're saying. Nice so this person. is the research, Sisha. This is what we're saying. This is the research. Sleep <laughs> with all their friends. Um, <laughs> sleep with her sister and her cousins and just don't text her back and be an idiot. Disagree with her the whole time uh, and then she will possibly be madly in love with you. She possibly will, but the chances are she won't. Maybe, you know, after the age of 16, they, you know, we tend to cop on a little bit and we don't put up with that. So Do you let's... Know? Let's just be, yeah, I've never not been with, no, that's a lie. Um, never mind. Um, be, be a nice person, okay? You don't need to be overly nice. You don't need to be, you know, I once had, and this is lovely, 
but I broke up from the next week. But it was always I just wasn't. He was too nice. Was he, he the ghost issue? You're saying he flew to New York, bought me a ring, flew back, left it on my door, and I broke up from the next week. And you wonder why lads are messed up. You wonder Look, why lads. I know people are going to go. You're horrible. I I just I. I wasn't feeling it for a long time and he was too nice and he did everything for me and I just didn't deserve it and then uh, that happened and I was really creeped out so I had to break up with him. He's now married. It's fine. It's grand. He got oh over dear. It. Oh dear. Well listen, there you go. That's uh, that's the solid proof. If you were nice, women will hate you, they will reject you and they will crush your core. <laughs> so never be nice. Okay? Uh, yeah. This is just why I joke proposed. This is why I joke proposed. Okay? I, got I down can't on believe knee, you did by that. By the lakeside and tied my lace. I spoke to Tara Murray about this, and we both said we'd cry <laughs> if that happened. So. But you listen, you're giving me the research. That's what I should have done. I was right to do that. Otherwise, I should be like, he's too nice. No, I don't like him. No, but you were going out long enough that it should have happened then. <laughs> you just didn't do it then. This wasn't like you doing this after a year. This was after uh, a long time. You can't yeah. do that. But I don't know. Um, if, if you're did fella, she, Sorry, did she go mad at the time? Of course she did, yeah. Okay. I almost ended up in the lake. Yeah, good. Um, but I'd love to know because, uh, see, I would be more attractive to a bitchy girl. You have told me this before about a friend of yours or someone you know that they only really go out with girls that treat them like crap. Yeah, I can kind of understand it. Like a real, just a real bitch. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's some weird... Will she not wreck your head, though? She's complaining all the time. Well, no, I suppose the difference between a, a moan hole and a bit of a bitch. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't want someone who's going to be, like, all nice and lovely. I just don't know this. Really? Yeah. That's a really strange thing to say. So you'd prefer someone that's a bit of a bitch? I, I think I would, yeah. Men, and is as you said, that, that, that someone who's too nice all the time. Oh, lovely, yeah, grand. Okay. This, this is Making point. excuses for everything and your behaviour and all the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would be annoying. It's kind of probably like the same way for us, where just if you have a yes man that just says yes to everything and he doesn't have an opinion on anything, of course you're going to get bored of that. Same with a woman if she's doing everything. Oh, don't worry, I'll do that for you. I'll make your dinner and I'll do this. See, I think that the nice guy problem is the fact that because women can never make a decision on anything, and it's like, whatever you want, and they're like, oh, God. Yeah, that's exactly, I'm like, tell me what we're doing, and make sure we get there, and you're driving, because I don't like driving. What do you want to get for takeaway? Whatever you want. That can't make a decision. And then your yeah. heads explode, and you're like, yeah. oh, my God, okay. Yeah, it does. It gets very uh, infuriating, actually. So there we go. There's some uh, toxic relationship advice for you. Be an asshole. <laughs> date a bitch. We're very complicated. <laughs> Men and women are extremely complicated. What's nah. that book that's really good? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, or is it Me- Men around? are just overly simple and women just are overly no. complex. And You're we don't think about what women too. need or anything like that. And then women overthink what's going on in our heads. Oh, we do overthink everything. And we analyse absolutely everything. You're like, I wonder if he's thinking about me and maybe he's thinking about leaving me when inside the man's head he's like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's the level of complexity that he's thinking about. I remember talking to a friend of mine. This was not that long ago. And she got really upset. We're allowed to talk about this because after 10. She got really upset because she found out her boyfriend was watching porn. Because apparently, you know, nobody watches porn and no men ever watch porn. And what she was upset about was that the girl in the video 
had brown hair and she had blonde hair. Oh. So now she thinks he fancies girls with brown hair. <laughs> Did she dye her hair brown? <laughs> no, but Hi, she's dear. like she cannot get over the fact the girl had brown hair and you know, obviously she's got blonde hair and she just can't understand. I was trying to tell her that it's like an itch. He's just scratching an itch. And it doesn't, he's not I'm looking gonna, at yeah, the I'm, girl. Uh, this might be depth. worse for her, but he, he mightn't be uh, too concerned about her hair. No, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. But, she's um, like, oh, it's, just, it's, her, it's my hair. Honey, it's not your hair. No, it's, mm. it's not. Yeah, it was very funny. But yeah, so we're very complex. Yeah, and we're far too stubborn and stupid and, e- and easy. Um, yeah, listen, thanks for sending those guesses in. Isabel got back in touch. Sorry, you're not in America. You're in Canada. You're in Montreal. What's the crack oh, like over lovely. in uh, Montreal? Oh, we want to know your life story now, Isabel. Are you there long? Are you... Uh, oh, oh, like, do you know what I was thinking? Someone mentioned this. I was chatting to a mate of mine earlier on. Imagine you like quit your job in January or February to go traveling for a year and oh. you're stuck at home. Can you imagine how horrible, horrible that would be? Oh my God, I couldn't think of anything worse. Oh, I know. But oh, imagine no. you had already left and then you got stuck somewhere. Yeah, really I wonder, yeah well, then you just still have to come back. I wonder what the crack is with that. But listen, life has been mm-hmm. turned upside down. Uh, we all know that. Um, but listen, thanks for those texts. On the way next, you're going to hear from Brandon Fay. He's uh, from North Strand here in the inner city and he got himself caught up in the whole coronavirus situation. He survived it. He's only 17 years of age. One of the youngest people to have gotten it here uh, in this country. We, You know, you've heard it's mainly affecting a certain age demographic, but a lot of people under the age of 30, now under the age of 20, have gotten it. He survived it, thankfully, but he was in uh, isolation in a, in a ward on his own. Couldn't see his friends, couldn't see his family. Uh, he's going to be popping on next to explain what it was like, uh, how he managed, uh, how he got on. So he'll be on the way shortly. First, though, brand new music from the legend himself, the man who was on playing Poker Face on Tuesday here on Room 104. It's Gavin. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Get in touch, 087-6797-104. Now, one of the things I think, one of the things when you're young is that you don't think anything bad is ever going to happen to you. Yeah, I still think that. And don't say I'm 47 because I'm not. I'm only 31. Have you not been through but, quite a lot? You're nearly into your fifth decade, Saoirse. All you, the things you've seen. <laughs> well, actually, the funny thing is, in the last year, I've probably been sicker overall than I've ever been before. Just random things happening. So maybe it's now I feel like I'm going into my older age. But um, yeah, no, you do kind of think you're invincible. <laughs> don't you when you're a bit younger yeah you, you kind of you know you just wet behind the ears and we all did it. you're 16 17 you're like listen it's grand don't worry about it nothing is going to affect me at all and uh obviously we've the, the news at the old coronavirus news we've heard the majority of people that are getting affected by it are obviously very very elderly unfortunately people maybe with underlying conditions uh, but a guy from dublin was uh, in the matter hospital there with coronavirus in a pretty serious way and he joins us on the line now 17 year old Brandon Faye Brandon how are you? Hi good evening how are you? Good good listen uh, we appreciate you giving up your time this evening you sound a hell of a lot better yeah <laughs> luckily thanks very much what exactly happened? so back in March I went in for a routine checkup. I have a mild dose of asthma so I didn't think anything of it I had a little bit of a cough I had no temperature and a bit of shortness of breath so I thought oh, the pollen must be high in the air. It's just, yeah, that's not acting up because it never does act up. So I just, you know, so I was on the corridor waiting, obviously because of COVID, all the units and all the clinics are shut in the hospital. So you have to wait. Yeah. So I was waiting and the consultant came down. 
she heard me coughing. She was like, oh, you sound a bit chesty there. And I was like, it just could just be the asthma. So within 20 minutes then, she got a nurse to test me. Oh, too, sorry, take a set of valves for me. And then another, mm-hmm. way, another 20 minutes then, I was isolated on the ward. The doctors then came in and tested me for COVID-19. And within 24 hours then, I tested positive. After that then, obviously, the symptoms started to get that bit more worse then. So they just checked on me then. I then lost the taste and things. And within seven days then, I left the hospital. After a week, they sent me home with a pulse oximeter machine, which connected to my mobile, which they then kept tracked while I was at home for the rest of the isolation days to make sure they... what, What was that machine exactly? A pulse oximeter. So it's obviously easy to describe it is when you go into hospital when they're taking your blood pressure the little thing that they pop on your finger with the red light. Oh, okay. You know? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a miniature one of them that you can carry around with you. They check that sends straight to the hospital obviously your oxygen saturation level. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if anything went wrong at home, then they were able to keep track and see what was happening. Then after the isolation days then I was able to go out on the to keep me two metres distance and put me two-kilometre walk. Now, just bring us back to the, t- the the moment that you actually tested positive. Were you shocked? Oh, shocked is another sentiment. I was surprised, you know, I'm 17, I'm invincible, touch of armour. I thought it was... <laughs> I thought it was Superman going around, like, you know, no one can touch me, I can do what I want, and blah, blah, blah. And then obviously because I'm on placement in the matter hospital, I'm work placement, I did keep up with the routines, I kept up with hand hygiene, everything I followed, every procedure. But unfortunately, I was one of the unlucky ones that did contract the virus. But as I'm just saying, you're not untouchable, you're not invincible, just listen. But now we're going, like, you know, we're starting to reopen, the country is starting to reopen, which I've seen yesterday, hundreds upon hundreds in Sutton Beach. And now I'm just waiting to see how many of them people have caught the virus. I wish too many of them get sick now because they didn't listen. They thought, just jump out, do what you want, and that's it. Countries aren't open. But as slowly as we are starting to open, we'll lock down as soon as, like, we'll lock down much quicker again yeah. if people don't listen. I know. It, it, it's always a worry, isn't it? Because we, we keep thinking we can open these up and we're, it's, it's the only way is forward. But apparently, you know, yeah, we, we can slip from no. phase two back to one and, and back to lockdown. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed it doesn't happen. But I, I was going to ask you, you uh, did you find out, obviously, where you got it from? But I didn't realise you, you were on workplace with them. So you obviously picked it up in the hospital then, did you? No, I don't know where I contracted the virus. Um, I was away as well four weeks before that. And um, so obviously before the country announced you're going to lockdown and things. Yeah. Um, I was away on holidays in Amsterdam, so I don't know where I caught it. I reckon in my local area I contracted it because I was fine after I came home. I was fine. Yeah. I wasn't back on work station, so probably a passed a boy or somebody in the shop or things. I don't know, or maybe one of my family could have been a carrier. You just you never know. It's a virus. You can't see it. It's crazy because you just think of it as an old person's... Sorry, when I did contract the virus, obviously the media was just promoting elderly people dying, elderly people getting it. So we all thought we're younger, you know. I thought that, and especially when I caught it, it was just the social media and things and the papers, you were just reporting death after death after death. So that's all that goes through your head, especially when I got the nails. I was like, I'm going to die. Like, what? This is the end. Nobody can come and see me. This and that. Even though the symptoms wasn't half as bad, like with ventilators and things, you still think the worst. You know, you have it. You know you have it. And that was the worst. But the staff and the matter hospitals and the nurses, the doctors, the consultants, everyone, they're phenomenal. The work they do was just especially now with COVID they're finally getting appreciated with the work to do but they're just they're real life heroes you know and I'll never forget the word the nurse said to me on the ward that day it just stuck with me and it'll stick with me forever 
she said to me, because um, I got a bit upset, obviously I was alone, you know, isolated, you couldn't go on a walk in the hospital, you couldn't do anything, you were locked in the ward. So she said to me, she said, where are your mommy for the next few days? And that just comforted me. And, you know, it was heartwarmed, I felt then, like, yeah. they're trying their best for me, you know, I have somebody here with me. And Th- That's mad for people who don't, because again, I, I've no idea what it's like, and I'm sure she probably doesn't either, but no. what exactly did the isolation look like? I mean, literally oh. on your own, just in, no one around you, what, what, what's it look like? If you go into a hospital, ward, you know, the isolation rooms, it's just if you're in a room on your own, nobody can come near you and the doctors, the nurses, the healthcare assistants, they all come in in full PPE goggles, masks, shield it's scary, you know, you feel like I don't know, it just, it's like it's such a human just feels your body and you know that Oh, like, are they afraid to come near me? Well, obviously, like, they don't want to contract fire, so you're just like, oh, you know? But, yeah, I can imagine it's a bit intimidating having people in that yeah. full get-up, even though you know they're obviously the soundest people in the world. Just to see it coming yeah. in, it must be taking you back a little bit, kind of going, jeez, mind some sort yeah. of weird sci-fi movie now. It just gives you that little, you know, you just take a step back, but, you know, they're the real-life heroes, they're there to help you, and that's their job. And is that why you have decided that that's what the career you want to go for? I, to be honest with you, I wanted to be a guard. I'm too, I'm just too givish. So if you went in and robbed the shop, I'd say, I need it. So <laughs> that's just, that's, the career wasn't for me. So <laughs> Probably not. Probably no. not. <laughs> so I went into Norton and I'm very clear in person now and compassion. And especially at any and in the view, the matter of Fairview, Q-Fairs and the staff here, were just, they treat me like one of their own, you know, like family. They show me the rules, yeah. show me everything that phenomenal. So I think if I can be anything like that nurse that helped me that day or like the staff in the hospital, I'd just, that'd be amazing to help people. Yeah, and I think, well, obviously your story is going to help people now this evening. Again, if you had one thing to say to people your own age who are obviously 16, 17, 18, who are, again, I can I, I can kind of understand it. You don't think it's going to affect you, you don't want it to affect you, and you kind of have the whole, oh, would you relax, man, it's fine, you know, stop worrying about it. What would you say to them? I'd say to them, just follow the rails, you know, think of the elderly people that you live with. Obviously now I see phase one, the country has gone, you know, you can socialise with four people of your household, make sure you keep your distance, just keep your distance you know meet up with your friends that you obviously have four clo- or your two close friends like do what you have to do but just to follow everything you know clean your hands keep hands hygiene respect people on the street don't stand on top of people and kill us just respect other people and you're back to full health again oh I'm back to full health back to helping people so amazing stuff well listen obviously yeah. delighted to hear 17 year old Brandon Fay who kicked coronavirus up the hole and uh, <laughs> got back on and is now back helping people and is going on to be a nurse listen thanks a million man for popping on and send her regards to all the other uh, frontline staff that you're working there with. No problem. Thanks very much. Have a lovely evening. Will do. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. 104, it's Cormac and Saoirse here and I know every time you turn on the TV and you turn on the radio, it's just pounding pounding news about the coronavirus and often not a lot of positive news um, slightly changing over the last couple of days and there's certain people trying to do uh, different things to try and speed up testing, to try and obviously work on vaccines but someone who may provide a testing solution into the palm of your hand, at least that's the aim, at least that's the direction in which they're going in, uh, is joining us on the line now to talk about this, what seems like a very incredible piece of equipment and it could be incredibly uh, impactful during the current situation that we're in. He's over in the University of Utah in the United States. He's a professor of engineering, Professor Masood Tabib Azar. How are you, sir? Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. As I was kind of thinking that, uh, you know, I have never been interviewed from any by anyone from Ireland, so this is a great honor. So thank you very much for looking me up. No worries. It we get the my Irish day. exclusive. This is amazing. Ah. The Irish <laughs> exclusive. That sounds with, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we, we obviously saw, saw this news and... Uh, 
nothing else in the world, unfortunately, is happening other than coronavirus and, and news about the coronavirus. But you guys have got some good news. You're developing a detector that people will be able to, is this correct, sneeze or cough into your smartphone and your smartphone will be able to tell you what's going on. Right. So it, it is a device that gets paired with your smartphone. It is not actually directly onto the smartphone. It is kind of an add-on. It's like kind of a little piece of equipment with Bluetooth, like your earphones that yeah. are wireless. It can function as an independent device with like red light or uh, green light whenever you kind of speak into it or breathe into it or sneeze or cough into it and it is designed to enable you to get a little bit more control over your environment like when you move into a room that the light is off and there is no light it's like a blind person and the relationship between us and coronavirus is the same thing we don't see them and they may affect us harm us so with this sensor, you can uh, sample yourself, your own breath and, and saliva, and uh, kind of make sure that you're okay. Uh, and you can do that on a regular basis, daily, hourly, whatever you want to do. And also, you can take dust particles from surfaces and put it on the sensor and see if there is any virus there. And you can also sample the exhaled air in a room. If it's a small from other people, you can also potentially do that. Excuse me. So it gives us a little bit more control and, and understanding and information regarding our environment and this can be used in many different in a variety of different type of um, situations and environment like when you're traveling uh, flying and and this is a closed environment and the breath is of maybe a few hundred people are yeah. taken and recirculated inside the cabin and and uh, you can use this to get a handle on your environment there or many other situations it might sound like a really silly question but if you thought you might have had the coronavirus you know i've heard from a lot of people that said i feel like i might have had it i had a cold that was a little bit worse than usual. Would this be able to pick that up even after the symptoms have passed? Right, so the, the first version that we are trying to uh, commercialize and put it out uh, won't have that ability. So it will detect only if you have the coronavirus or you don't. But a follow-on sensor array with a bunch of different sensors together will have the ability to look at other biomarkers in the saliva. So when somebody gets infected with coronavirus, the body starts responding to it and it generates its own antibodies and, and their biomarkers associated with that response. So day two, day three may not show up. Day four may show up in some forms in the saliva. And in our sensor array, which would be the second generation of the sensor, would enable us to look at those biomarkers to kind of understand what stage of infection a person is in. But the first version would be very simple sense, you know, sensor for, for coronavirus itself. The follow-on versions will have the uh, added yeah. capability of uh, yeah, determining the stage of the infection. That's cool. I mean, where did this idea come from? Well, you know, I was uh, working on a Zika virus. So I was reading about all these infants with severe kind of brain uh, problems, issues um, being born of, uh, you know, folks that had, had Zika virus in them. And that was 12 months, 13 months ago. So I approached a, my program director at National Science Foundation in the United States and, and kind of pitched the idea that it would be great to have a real-time sensor that would enable us to detect Zika virus in people's bodily fluids, you know, the saliva, sweat, that kind of thing. And he liked the idea. So I got a grant and, and started working on it. And February of this year, the coronavirus thing became really serious. And I kind of approached him that we can use the same kind of uh, sensors for corona. We have to modify the structure because corona is larger virus. Both are spherical. Uh, Zika is about 40 nanometer and corona is about 120, 125 nanometer. And we have to um, kind of redesign our sensors with different type of molecular recognition molecules. 
These are called aptamers or single-strand DNA that are designed to attach themselves, bind with the uh, spiking proteins on the virus. And he liked the idea, so I got one of these grants that are called RAPID, you know, for kind mm. of rapid development of, uh, of uh, needed sensors or devices or whatever. And so it came out of this idea of being able to take viruses in real time without decomposing them into their DNAs and proteins and RNAs and things like that, which, is, which can be really accurate, like, but takes time. So these sensors... They're accurate, not as accurate as kind of DNA sequencing approaches, but they are faster, much faster. And if you kind of use them to detect viruses uh, repeatedly, a couple of yeah. times a day, then their accuracy becomes much better. So, so I, that was basically the origin of the idea. So um, you have obviously got working prototypes right now, but how long before, let, let's say I, I have this on my phone and I have the device and I breathe into it, how long before it can tell me don't go outside because you've got coronavirus? So the prototype that we have right now is based on the Zika virus sensors and we are modifying them so for coronavirus a prototype we will have it in two to three weeks and those will be with new aptamers new single strand dna molecular recognition capabilities and yeah. so now it takes about a minute for the virus to generate a signal that our sensor will detect and then send that to your cell phone or or um, or in in the standalone a version minute? of it turn on yeah a minute yeah one oh. minute this could be life-changing couldn't it uh, it's I mean, just mad because i think so yeah because I think obviously so. the, the quickest we can get like turnarounds i'm like could this theoretically and hypothetically like replace standard the, the standard medical testing that they're using at the moment because we obviously had uh, you know it might take a, a, a week turnaround but by the time you get uh, you know a swab and you get into your doctors and they do all right. the analysis right. and stuff like that so this right. could would be just as accurate as uh, the current medical tests they're doing well you know the accuracy of the current medical testing is based on dna sequencing so so right. there we take the virus and decompose it and extract the uh, the virals and 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 dna and uh, then that is sequenced and um, and that's that's how we get the information so, that, so that's very accurate that's a gold standard yeah. but it takes a long time so this sensor is not as accurate as uh, dna sequencing but since it detects the whole virus through very specific proteins on its surface it is good enough to tell one uh, if uh, he or she has the uh, has the virus but it won't i don't think that it would replace the dna sequencing anytime soon now we can add more and more molecular recognition molecules onto our sensor or have an array with like thousands, these, are, these sensors are very small, an array of thousands of sensors with different aptamers and, and molecular recognition molecules on them and keep improving their specificity. So specifically, they would detect a particular virus and nothing else. But at this point, I don't, I, they, they, they are not as accurate as uh, DNA sequencing approaches. How much would it cost? So right now, it's at a very small scale, right? Uh, so these aptamers or single-strand DNAs that are designed to kind of recognize the uh, the, uh, the virus, they're actually pretty expensive. They're, they are produced in very small quantities and so on and so forth. But there's nothing in them to inherently make them expensive. So if, if we scale this up, the uh, the sensor shouldn't cost more than, you know, maybe 10, 15 bucks. Kind of regular price also, that's for the Bluetooth wireless earphones. And the aptamers, the, the sensitive part of the sensor will become very inexpensive. So I would say maybe 20 bucks retail. And then it doesn't have consumables. In other words, you know, the sensor, as long as we can reset it and reuse it in a continuous way, it should last for a long time. So one of the issues that we are trying to add is actually, that's really a good question leading me to a, a, a slightly different answer to different questions. And that is, 
So once the virus is inside the sensor, it goes there and it binds with these aptamers or single-strand DNAs. Now, in order to reuse the sensor, we have to get rid of the, se- the, the virus that's already there. Yeah. So for that, we have to reset the, uh, the sensor. Now, one can kind of say that, well, once it detects uh, a virus... Uh, the, the coronavirus, then then the person is going to kind of check in and do other tests and stuff to make sure that he or she is fine. So you really don't care about reuse. But mm. in order to be able to kind of reuse the sensor to make sure, so let's suppose that you do it once, it says, yes, you have it, you do it twice, and for whatever reason, you get different results and keep doing it, and you look at the average outcome of the sensor. For that kind of scenarios, we need to be able to reset the sensor and make sure that we can reuse it continuously. So for that, we have a solution to apply a small electric field to kind of disintegrate to the virus that may be there. Yeah, that's right, to zap it up, exactly. And, uh, and if that doesn't work, then we are going to try heating it up a little bit, uh, shake it up, basically. So um, This sounds amazing. I, said that the, the, I think a lot of people would be interested in knowing, and I, the implications could be very, very you know, far-reaching. And I, I know you're probably thinking of far more serious issues and serious places, but the first idea, and I apologize, it's my stereotypical Paddy <laughs> coming out. I'm like, if bouncers at the doors of pubs that yes. are closed currently uh, could test people <laughs> on the way in for just a minute and go, once you pass your test on, a, on your little gizmo and you don't have corona come on in yeah 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 that's that's a good application actually and i i I love to meet you in ireland and do that (laughs) the only reason we got in touch if we're one step closer to opening the pubs earlier we're just like come on get them on that's right we were panicking because we were thinking oh my god imagine you have to wear these big huge suits that were you know very uncomfortable that were trying to protect you against the virus and you know we were talking about going to a festival maybe the, the possibility of wearing something like that but if you had a little device on your phone you wouldn't have to. That's right. Yeah, I agree. I think it can be a game changer. So we are working day and uh, night uh, effectively to get this out and have it clinically tested. And uh, and hopefully it will save some lives and uh, make people's life more enjoyable in this era. So, Have you patented this yet? Yeah. Uh, a patent Damn. has been applied for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there any chance of getting maybe any early stock options on this? Or what's the story <laughs> with that? Uh, you know, I, I'm a university professor employed by a university. I have to put you in contact with our commercialization office for that. Oh, dude, that'd be great. So, yeah. But, yeah. but listen, yeah. Em, I think it, it's, it's really good. The fact that it's incredibly low cost and, inve- and incredibly handy and portable and small and it's not kind of cost a fortune, it could be something that I think a hell of a lot of people will be interested in. Um, so listen, thanks a million for speaking to us this evening and we know you've obviously Oh, got my pleasure. Pleasure meeting you guys and this was a great honour. Thank you very much. Uh, a device that will be able to, a device for your phone that will be able to tell you whether or not you are infected within a minute. Uh, listen, that could be groundbreaking revolutionary. Listen, uh, Professor, thanks a million for popping on. A very best Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you very much. Yep. You guys have a great day. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.